what is the biggest myth in real estate investing? So many people, so many people are sold on the same process. They do it over and over again because it's all they know, it's all they think, that's all they see, and that's all they really care about. But I promise you, there is a 10 times better way of building your financial future, buying real estate, and it's not what you think. Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. Hey, what's going on, guys? Mike Foster in the house. I am the Director of Education at Active Duty Passive Income. We are a team dedicated to making sure that military members, veterans, and their families understand the power of real estate investing and how it can propel your financial future, all right? And for today's lesson, we are going to talk about the biggest myth in real estate investing. What is it? Do you know? It is buying a home with a bank. Oh my gosh, man, what? Every single time, okay? Every single time I talk to somebody, the first thing that they are always concerned about is, will I qualify for a loan? I, the Immediately, every single time, the first thing I tell them is, you don't have to apply for a loan. And they give me this blank expression. I love it. I actually, I do love it. I hate it and I love it, you know, because a lot of people don't know this and that's okay, right? Because not everybody thinks about all the many ways that you can buy properties, right? But whatever, right? But what I love is this blank expression that they look and they say, what? <laughs> and that is awesome. I live for that what. I love it because that right there is an awesome conversation starter and then I can go into four or five different ways that you can buy without ever having to go to a bank, right? And there are so many more, right? All I know is just the five that I have physically seen or have physically done, right? So, I mean, hey, listen, there are so many ways out there, but let's talk about one, right? Creative financing or what other people like to call seller financing, right? Uh, seller financing or owner financing, depending on what circle you've heard it uh, spoken around, is the ability to buy a home from the current owner without having to go to a bank. Is you directly borrowing from that owner, right, that has equity in the property, and and going and building a contract or by building terms that fit both your needs. So, for example, let's say I am the seller, you are the buyer. I have a home that you have been eyeing for a bit on the MLS. You come and you talk to me and I am willing to negotiate a seller finance deal, right? Let's say I am selling this on my own for sale by an owner, right? And you ask me, hey, 
I, I don't want to go through the bank on this one. If it's comfortable with you, I'd like to negotiate seller financing. I happen to know about it, and so I say, sure, why not? This is how much I'm looking for down, let's say 15% at least, and then we can negotiate some terms for a payment over a certain duration of time at a given interest rate, right? And that's it. Essentially, I become the bank and you become the borrower, right? Which you were in the first place and everything is kosher, right? But now what can go wrong here, right? What issues will you run into? Because nothing is ever simple. And I don't mean to oversimplify my tone when I say that this is out there, but it is. And and this is a tool that not a lot of people know about. And you would be surprised at how many people are actually willing to do it once they understand it. But let's talk about what can go wrong. Trust, right? Trust and credibility. That's number one. If you're dealing with a seller that has no idea what you're talking about, automatically, right there you are fighting an uphill battle because that seller doesn't know what this is. And they will definitely be on the cusp of thinking that it's fraudulent because it's not so mainstream, right? Because this is not the ideal way of purchasing a home. Um, It is not fraudulent at all. It is very legal. And you can go to a legal uh, representative, legal company, whatever, to draft up your contract to help you look a little more credible. Because then it's not just you, right? You're going to an actual company and that company will, you know, have its own background. I'm sure they have a lot of, you know, stuff on Google, whether it's ratings or whatever, right? That'll build that company's credibility. So you don't have to. And you can say, hey, sir, hey, ma'am, this is the contract that I like to propose, right? It's a seller finance deal. If you don't know about it, I would love to be able to talk to you about it. And I understand that if this is your first time, you may think that this is something that might be fraudulent, but it's not. And here's my proof, right? Boom. Off the bat, right? And of course, that's just one, right? One way. There are so many ways to, to negotiate a seller finance deal. Let's say I'm a motivated seller. Let's say I'm getting a divorce and we have to get rid of the home like right now, right? But I don't have time for it to sit on the market for so long. Let's say I want to move my half of the money into another investment or into something else, right? And I need a someone who can come and help me out really quickly in buying this home for me. I might be more inclined to do a seller financed because as long as I'm able to get enough money for whatever it is I'm looking to do, and I can get enough money to make my ex-wife happy, then good to go, right? Then win-win. And you're happy because you're able to buy the home, one, without having to go to a bank, which is a whole lot easier and more desirable. And two, you know, you get a lot more flexibility with this loan because because you didn't go to the bank, right? Because you went to a seller, this does not report on your credit, right? And I'm going to go over a few pros and cons at the end of this, but just kind of follow along as you can, as best you can, um, because I'm going to mention all of them as I talk about these examples, right? So, right. So the number one thing you're going to run into is trust and credibility. That can definitely be an issue. Credibility can also be built by working with a partner, specifically a professional investor who has been doing this for a little bit, right? That will definitely boost your credibility, okay? Okay, now, another pitfall you're going to run into is interest rates and down payments, right? So here's the thing. You're just starting out and this is your first one. You're going to like, you're going to more than likely, right? I'm not going to say 
totally, I'm not going to say in all cases, but more than likely you are going to have to pay a higher down payment than you normally would on most of your other deals. And why is that? Because again, kind of tying back to the credibility piece, your your partner would be a lot more willing to lend a lot more if you have more credibility, right? That's just bottom line. If not, then you're really starting out small and working your way up, and that's okay. That is okay, and you have to understand that that's just the belly of the beast. But the idea is you do not have to go through a bank. So even if it's a little more than you have in your pocket, again, get creative. Find a partner. Find someone who's willing to go in on it with you. Get a family member, right? Maybe someone who you've been trying to convince about real estate investing and how it's so good. This might be the perfect person to go in on this deal with, right? And so you both come together, use the funds, purchase the home, and share the profit and the equity, right? Good to go. So there's that. Or there's interest rates, right? So interest rate, your seller is probably or more than likely going to uh, give you a higher interest rate than you would see at a bank. Again, why? Because there's a lot more risk on him. It's not just you know him being able to you know go through the bank and getting a lot of this cash up front and being out of this deal. No, he is now even though not managing the property, he's still tied to this property in some way. And if something goes wrong, it's not just you, but it's his name as well that will go down in flames. So you want to make sure that, A, you're setting everything up properly, B, you're following through and keeping your word, and C, right, you're you're flexible and you're negotiable because, again, you're going to see a higher interest rate, guaranteed. You may have to put a higher down payment. Again, if you have done this so many times... It's a lot less for you, but it may still happen, right? So again, just be humble, okay? Um, and then again, credibility. So just focus on the things that'll help build you more credible. Whether it's partnering up with someone, whether it's you know partnering up with a legal uh, team, right? Whatever that will help you out, right? You want to be able to leverage other people's experience as much as you can, and then. At the time when you've built experience, right? Now you're sitting at the table. Now you're at the Knights of the Round Table and things will be a lot easier for you to to carry on business. Okay? Okay. So let's recap. All right. So the cons in this kind of transaction are that credibility right, will be an issue uh, if this is your first time, right? Um, and conversely, um, your down payment may be a little higher than you would absolutely like. Again, if this is your first time or your first few deals, and then your interest rate. Your interest rate will always usually be a little, well, yeah, I'm not going to say always, but it will usually be a little bit higher than you would normally get in a bank. Why, again, because the seller is trying to take or is taking on a lot of risk, okay? But let's go into the pros, okay, on this. And I'm going to take you through the pros of both your side and the seller side, just so you can kind of get an understanding. So your side, right? Why was this really important for you? Because you don't have to go to a bank, guys. <laughs> I don't know if you've purchased a house before. If you have, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. The process is long, the process is slow, 
and in some cases inefficient, right? I mean, it works for them because it you know is able to filter a lot of the stuff that can go wrong. And honestly, that's a good thing because back in back before 2008, before 2007, like before the crazy market uh, collapse, you could get a loan if you had a pulse, right? There really weren't any filters at all preventing you from getting a mortgage because banks are just lending to anybody, right? So it's definitely important that they have them, but it makes the process a whole lot smoother for you if you just bypass it and you go directly to the seller. So that's one way to do it, and you don't have to use credit. So that's great too. All right, your closing costs. Closing costs are going to be a whole lot uh, cheaper because, again, you're not dealing with nearly all the legwork. Now, you definitely want to get an inspection, right? Don't buy a home without an inspection. So that you're still going to have to pay for. Um, you don't have to pay a legal team to prepare all the closing documents. I highly recommend it. Um, that might That's not something you want to just do on your own. But, if hey, if you have a partner that is experienced with that, or if you are more inclined to do so, by all means, go right ahead. Okay. Um, and then also quicker closing too. So you don't have to go through appraisal if you don't necessarily want to, right? All lenders usually require that. So that just adds an extra step. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, but your closing costs will be a little cheaper. Your your closing will be a whole lot shorter and really just depends on you and the seller on the timeline that you guys want to follow. Um, and you also, right, if you don't have to go through a realtor if you're doing a seller, trend, uh, a seller finance transaction. So that definitely works out too. You know, you're not, you're not having to um, figure out that whole 5% or 3%, whatever the commission is in your, your state. So that's good to go, right? And those are all stuff you see, right, for them. Now, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you also have flexible terms, right? You can make the terms up however works best for you and your seller. That is literally the most important benefit because any good real, real estate investor knows and will tell you that a deal is made through the terms, not the purchase price, right? Not the selling price, not whatever, right? A deal is made through the terms that are associated with that deal. And because it's just you and the seller and you're not dealing with any other, you know, third party with strict rules and guidelines and Fannie and Freddie and all that, you know, it is literally just you and the seller. So you guys can make the best deal that works for you. Cool? Awesome. So, um, for them now, right? For them, they got a better chance at getting getting the full price for their home. Now, some people, right, if they're just motivated to sell, they'll list their property below market value and they'll get offers up the wazoo, right? But the thing is, is that most people don't. Most people want to see how much they can get out of their property. And that's just fine. There's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, you're going to do the same thing when you sell your property. But thing is that if it's over market value, then, you know, most people or most savvy people are not going to go for that home. So they get a better chance at, at getting their full price for it if they're willing to negotiate, right? Or if you set that aside, you can say, sir, ma'am, 
Uh, I would like to purchase your home. Unfortunately, this price point is way too high. Um, I would be a lot more willing to uh, to go for it if we conduct a seller finance transaction. Um, this way, right, I will be able to negotiate something that's a little flexible for the both of us, so we both can win, right? Um, and yeah, so that's just that's just one of the things, right? And and that ties into the fact that they'll make more money long term. And a lot of people, when they're selling their homes, they just think for the short side of gain, they don't see for the long-term benefit, right? And so when you're looking at that long-term benefit, you know that, all right, if I, if I become the bank, right, and I give this person an interest rate for 20 years, 10 years, however you want to work it, I'm going to make back so much more money in the long run. This could be good. Oh, and by the way, a periodic, you know, passive income that comes into my table, that could also be really good for me. But, you know, again, a lot of people don't really see it that way. So, and and that's your, that's your job. Your job is to help those that don't see it, see it. So you can, you know, structure the better deal in this, in this instance. Okay. Uh, I mentioned quick closing in the last one, but yeah, quick closing is also works out for them too. Right, they don't want to be sitting on this property any longer than they have to. So, you know that might be a little more desirable. And then, of course, taxes. Right, so taxes for the seller would be exponentially better because now they get to claim this as a passive asset. Right, and so the taxes on a passive asset are a whole lot different than the taxes that you would pay if you just sold the property outright. Right, because I mean. T- um, Unless you're doing a 1031 exchange, you're going to pay a capital expense on the gain of your property. If you're going to, if you make money off the sale, you're going to pay a 30% tax rate on that gain. That's a lot of money. You know what I mean? Especially if you're selling a house in California that maybe you bought for like, you know, 200 during the market collapse, and now it's selling for like 400, 500. That's a lot of money you're going to lose. So. That might also not be as desirable to an investor, so they might be more willing to work with you. Again, if they don't know about the 1031 exchange, right? And I won't get into the 1031 exchange that much here, but essentially it just allows you to transfer the gain that you have from one home to another asset um, without having to pay the tax on it, so... Trust me, there'll be a lesson on it. If you're curious about it, look it up yourself. Um, if not, just listen in. I will be talking about 1031 Exchange later on, okay? So those are the pros and cons. All right, let's go ahead and recap. All right, so the cons are for you. Credibility, right? Your credibility might not be all that great, so you're going to have to face an uphill battle on that. Um, down payment, right? And then interest rate. Those might be a little more than you're expecting, but hey, you know, be flexible. Um, you know, the deal is a deal if it makes sense. So as long as the numbers make sense, everything's good to go. For the pros, right, for you, you don't have to worry about credit, right? And so you don't have to worry about this being reported on your credit as well. So your credit score is no, is no longer involved. Uh, closing costs are a lot cheaper, and you can have a quick closing. And the, the terms, again, in all this, right, are more flexible, so it's nice. For them... They get a better chance at asking and uh, getting their full price for it, right? Um, and they get more money in the long term, which is great. They get a quicker closing, and the taxes that they're going to have to pay are a whole lot less. So it's good stuff, right? Okay, now 
how do you structure a deal like this? Okay, because now that we've talked about the good and the bad and the ugly, how is this possible? Well, in order to structure a deal, again, you really need to just ask. I mean, it's it really it's as simple as as that. And I and I'm again, I'm not oversimplifying it. I'm literally just highlighting the critical step that a lot of people you know get nervous about because again this is if this is the first time doing it they're like oh it, is, it doesn't feel right um it just because just because it's not what they typically see right and a lot of times we are afraid of doing something that we don't normally see because we feel like we're you know stepping outside the box and it's gonna be difficult yes it's gonna be difficult right but do it right because this this could be the best way that you buy a home right? Uh, I've done it. Countless other investors have done it. You can do it too. But the first thing you need to do is ask. Okay. Um, the next thing you need to do is run the numbers, right? The numbers need to make sense. So definitely make sure that you have a plan for the seller finance deal you would like to offer before you just go and mention it because, um, you want to make sure that you have, an idea of what you can offer that would make sense for you just as well as for them, right? Now, they are going to have their own ideas and beliefs on how much they need down or how much interest rate that they would need for it to be legitimate, but or for, or for it to work for their circumstances. I mean, but, but the thing is, is that you have to know what you're allowed or willing to pay in the deal for it to still make sense for you, okay? Um, all right. So first you want to ask, right? You want to, then you want to run the numbers and make sure that everything is good to go. Um, provide the credibility, right? Provide your credibility, um, upfront too, because the thing is, is that even if this person doesn't know about it, right, they don't know you. And that's the bottom line too. So you want to make sure that you provide your credibility and it's in their face. Whether you're working with legal team, like I said before, right? And your contract is already drafted up and in your proposal, you show them the contract and they can read through it and everything's legit. Or yeah, you, you tell them a little about yourself and who you're working with, right? Let's say if you got a business partner who has done this before, maybe give them a little rap sheet about the, the two of you and or really more and more of him or her. And, um, and you, you know, just highlight that person's credibility, your credibility and how, you know, how familiar you are with this process, how smooth you can make it, right? That's key. And, um, and how much the other person is going to benefit, right? And that goes into the last point, which is show them the benefits because they need to be able to see it too. How is this going to help me? Right. People are very visual. So you want to make sure that you paint the clearest picture possible um, and make sure that it's understandable for them to really digest it, to sit down uh, with their financial advisor or with their spouse or or partner or whatever. And um, yeah, and just kind of think about it, like, how would this work for them? You know what I mean? So that's pretty much it. That's pretty much uh, how you get that done. Um, and honestly, it's, you know, again, like I said, this can be a very, very powerful tool, but you have to be able to, um, understand it yourself, right? Know how it makes sense and so on and so forth. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it. All right. That's today's lesson. Seller financing. It is a killer tool 
and definitely make sure that you add that to your belt the next time you are looking at a property, right? Especially if it's your first one, because you could do this not only for investments, but also living in it too, okay? So hope you guys enjoyed it, all right? My name is Mike Foster, again, Director of Education at Activity Passive Income. We are dedicated to making sure that military members, veterans, and their families have the tools they need to build financial freedom through real estate investing. All right. Please connect with us on Facebook, connect with us on Instagram, right? And then continue to listen to our podcast. Go ahead and subscribe, right? Like us, reach out to us. If you have any questions at all, we are willing to answer you and we have a network of people that will also that are experienced right other military investors out there that are experienced that have done it that can give you advice um awesome advice you know if you need okay and uh yeah don't be a stranger all right anyway thanks for listening i'll catch you guys next time mike out